The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes as always, a very open, honest, candid conversation about gambling and gambling addiction. This show is going to be a little different. If you were listening on Thursday to our big announcement, I've agreed to partner with FanDuel, one of the uh, leading uh, wagering companies in the world, if not the uh, leading company in the world, to start a responsible gambling campaign. And I thought it was important to expand upon our announcement on Thursday and let people understand exactly why I'm doing it and why I picked FanDuel or FanDuel picked me and what the plans are for the future uh, in trying to build a really state-of-the-art, best-in-class, responsible gambling platform. So joining me today is the uh, Chief Marketing Officer of FanDuel, Mike Raffensperger. And Mike, I appreciate you being here, and thanks so much for your time. Craig, I appreciate you having me on. More so, I appreciate... And look, we chose each other. I think sure, we found, sure, sure. found some shared passion for this topic. And it was so, like an e-harmony moment. Come we, we basically tindered. <laughs> yeah, true, we right? tindered. I think we tindered. Uh, right, so I guess the first, the first question is, and I know it's one I've already gotten, all right, let's get through the layers. What's this really about? And what I've tried to explain to people is that there was a lengthy vetting period, I think, on both sides, you know, who's Craig Carton, and I'm, am I full of crap or not in telling my story about being a, a, a gambler and a, a compulsive gambler? And then ultimately, what's in it for FanDuel? You'll be on associating with someone who's got a lot of followers and listeners and viewers. So walk me through in the audience through the genesis of answering the question why. Sure. So, look, online gambling in the state sort of rolled out. Uh, three, four years ago, and obviously FanDuel's been really fortunate to be a leader commercially. We're the number one online sportsbook in the world, but we really want to lead in this space. We want to grow this industry in a healthy way for the long term, and I really mean this. Like I think we recognize that a very small percentage of people who use our products are going to have trouble using them responsibly, and it can really affect their lives. It can really hurt their lives. These are our neighbors. There are kids, Little League coaches, like these are people in our community. We really want to lead. We've done things that I am personally really proud of. We were the first to partner with the AGA to invest in their Have a Game Plan campaign. That's the American Gaming Association. Yes, American Gaming Association's campaign specifically about playing within your means. We offer a free Gambam subscription to anybody who sort of uh, raises their hands as they have trouble with play, which essentially technically blocks you from being able to gamble. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's a self-exclusion list. Each state ultimately has their own version of it, yeah. but you can uh, go through a Gambam and kind of knock them all out at once. Right. We've created um, a set of tools. Uh, they're actually open source, so any sportsbook operator can take our code, put it into their uh, sportsbook that'll help you limit how much you can deposit, how much you can play, how much time you can spend, and we have are building a really big team of data engineers to work on AI and other sort of behavioral recognitions where we can just help understand where people might be getting out over their skis and play. I think what we recognize we needed is some humanity to how we get this message across. And it's something FanDuel cares about, but I think what really matters is when people in the community, people who've maybe overcome these challenges sure. in the past, when we wanted someone who could help us frankly, speak more authentically and help us inform what we're doing. You know, we have, again, a lot of expertise and we've seen around the world how this has evolved, but we really wanted a partner to help us think through 
What are the programs we want to put in place? How do we talk about those programs? What is the future of RG for sports betting and gambling in America? And that's when? Yep. So let me nitpick some of that. Uh, it would appear to a lot of people think on the outside looking in that doing this is in a way counterintuitive to your business. Your business model is bring people in, as many as possible, to gamble. You, you want them to lose, essentially. That's the business model. We don't build casinos on winners. We build businesses, multi-billion dollar businesses, on the fact that people aren't very good at it. But this go, kind of goes against the concept of what the, you know, inherently the business model is. So was, it, was there a fight at any point inside the walls of FanDuel of, hey, why would we ever do this? We're going we're gonna to have fewer customers by helping people help themselves. There honestly wasn't for a couple of reasons. One, uh, to be frank, this is the right long-term business decision for our company. I'm not looking to win the next quarter, the next week, even the next year. Like, I want to win the next decade. Right. And if we don't take our responsibility, again, as a member of the community, for that small two percentage of players that, again, have trouble controlling their play, then we're going to encounter a lot of issues. We're going to have a lot of backlash from families, from regulators, from governing uh, bodies. And this is just not thats not the business we want to be in. We want to get ahead of this and be responsible. So for me, in one of the conversations we had, and it's important to me, is that you guys have technology that the public doesn't see, yeah. whether it's you know, artificial intelligence, AI, or just your normal algorithms that you know computer spits out around the clock. Yeah. That's all. It's, it's behind the wall. No one sees it. It's Oz, right? But that technology is really powerful in a lot of ways. That technology, in my experience, teaches you how to market perfectly to potential customers, but also gives you the opportunity to recognize that the habits of your customers might you know, send off alarms or bells. Maybe the person doesn't have a problem. They just had a bad week, but maybe they do have a problem. So how do you effectuate using that technology? Really, as I've always said, to get in front of, the, of my way before I make bad decisions. Because I believe the technology exists to do that at some level. It does. It does. Look, and we use it literally every day. I would say we are on a path to being more and more uh, proactive in how we use it. But we look at things like the amount you've deposited, the frequency of times you've deposited, the way you're betting, are your bets escalating, particularly after you're having a losing run? And, and uh, to simplify it, has your betting behavior changed radically? Sure. Um, that tends to be a pretty good signal that, like, you know, this is worth looking at. And we have a number of means from, at the lowest level, just a communication of sort of reminding people about responsible play, indicating that we have self-service tools, to the highest level actually kind of reaching out through customer service and other means, having a conversation with that customer and doing check-ins. Right. So one thing that's interesting to me, talking to Mike from FanDuel, we announced on Thursday this past week a responsible gambling partnership. And to be very clear... At no point is FanDuel using my name in any type of marketing to uh, acquire new customers. The entire purpose and the sole purpose of this arrangement and partnership is to really create a responsible gambling platform that hopefully other sites will copy, yeah. which I think is great that you want to white label it for whoever wants it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's like we talked about in a meeting the other day. You know, beer companies got to a point where they recognized the responsibility to do commercials, to remind people not to get behind the wheel after they've had too much to drink. It's very similar in scope to that. It is. And I, honestly, we take 
a lot of learnings. I actually just hired our new senior vice president of brand actually comes from Anheuser-Busch. And I think we look at beer, we look at alcohol, the recognition they have, again, of the role they have in a community, addressing something like drunk driving, uh, which devastates a lot of families, and getting in front of it, recognizing that they play a role in communicating around that. And I think we're trying to find, again, in partnership with you, Craig, like what are those tracks, the communication, the things that resonate with people to help evolve this industry in a healthy way for the long term. Yeah, so here's what you're going to get. And maybe you know it already, maybe you don't. A guy like me who's puts himself in harm's way. And I'm I'm a a gambler, a wager, a customer on the site. And your people uh, see red flags go off. So you shut me down. And you reach out to me to say, hey, we shut you down. Here's why we shut you down. And we have a conversation. I'm going to do everything in my power to bully you to reopen my account. I did it at casinos. Now we're talking bricks and mortar casinos, but I've done that. You know, I got what I wanted by hook or by crook. And if you said no, somebody down the line eventually was going to say yes. And then I'd go there instead. So how do you prepare to handle what you haven't had to handle yet? And that is the small percentage of people that will have a problem saying to you, F you, I'm good. And trying to force you to reopen an account to change betting limits, amounts, frequency. And are you prepared to, you know, be cursed at, yelled at, have people hang up on you and have those people potentially never come back? The simple answer is yes. And it's already happened, right? I mean, we've had these conversations and they're not fun. And obviously we don't want to upset people. We don't want to upset our customers. But at the end of the day, long term, this is why we have a policy is why we have process looking at things like affordability and behaviors. And if there are enough signals that are exhibited that, well, this feels like this person is not playing within their means. This is sports betting supposed to be fun. This is not going to be fun for them. Even if they're really pissed off in the short term, you know, I'd like to think in the long term that there can be a reflection or a recognition that this was actually good. This FanDuel did right by me. We're going to continue on here with, hello, my name is Craig Mike Raffensperger with uh, FanDuel, the chief marketing officer. And it, it's a very, it's an exciting new partnership and exciting because I do think that in working together and their pledge to do this far beyond anything I could ever do is going to help people who need the help, whether they know it or not. And we'll get into that part of this conversation right after this here on Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig, uh, Chief Marketing Officer. Uh, Mike is with us from FanDuel. We announced a partnership uh, a couple days ago on The Fan for responsible gambling. And you're going to ultimately see, and we should get into this a little bit, uh, content that we're going to co-create. And one of the things I think that's going to be really uber helpful, not just for you and for FanDuel, but I think for the gambling community at large, is putting more faces on the problem. Letting you guys meet real human beings, you know, doctors, lawyers, school teachers, as you said, your kids literally coach. Real people who are willing to share their real stories uh, so that people understand exactly what gambling addiction looks like. And you know, one of the things I've said, you know, if I'm drunk, you'd have a good idea I'm drunk. I might smell drunk, I might look drunk, I might act drunk. If I'm on drugs, there's a good chance you'll see a difference in my behavior. But if I lined up 30 people against the wall, you can't pick out the gambler in that. So you guys are really in an interesting spot, I think, 
as almost gatekeepers in that you'll know before anybody else in the manner in which a person gambles that that person might have a problem. And I think what would be really good for you guys ultimately and for the industry at large is meeting people like me. Beyond just me. I have a great platform, which is why we're doing it. But I'm going to ultimately introduce you guys to hundreds, if not thousands, of people like me. And I think in getting to know those people and their stories more, you'll be able to build an even better model of understanding of what the gambler looks like and acts like. I think you're exactly right. I mean, look, Craig, even in the time we've gotten to know each other, it's been really illuminating to get a better flavor, right, on what the problem looks like. I think you're one of the things I'm excited about is pulling in other human stories, other people. Right. I know, you know, frankly, one thing I learned that you're passionate about is being able to express for those who may be struggling with a problem right now, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. There is a way out, right? And showing the story of there's challenge and there's uh, redemption. And I think that it's something where FanDuel has, you call it gatekeeper. I think there's an element of that. We take a lot of responsibility that it's our product, right? That in a lot of ways is um, producing the gaming behavior. But also we have a really large platform and being able to take personalities like you, other real human stories, get that out. I think we recognize, you know, the voice of FanDuel uh, has a lot of great things to say about responsible gambling, but right. there's probably a a limit uh, to what we on our own can say. That's why we really want partnerships. We want people in our community. Yeah, helping us listen, get this message it's, I've always thought it's a tune out if it's not real. Yeah. And so you can have, you know, the voice of FanDuel do it. It'll look good. It'll sound good. It'll be professional. And nobody will pay attention to it ultimately because it's not tangible. It's not real. Like you almost need to see the the despair and desperation uh, because it is tangible. And what you ultimately see uh, with folks that we we uh, introduce not just to you, but then collectively we introduce to everybody else is that yeah. you know. And I get emails constantly from people who are desperate. Uh, now I'm more than three years in without making a wager of any kind, which I'm obviously very proud of. But, you know, I, I don't know if I'll do it tomorrow, so I get through today. Yeah. And while that seems really cliche to say, you know, that's what it is. I'm sure regardless of addiction, that's usually the way it goes. Hey, let me just get through today. Um, but I think ultimately, I think people might be, I don't know what the right word is. I think we need to prove to people what we say here. Yeah. And I think that there's going to be a ramp-up period where there will come a point where I think it'll be very clear to state regulators, very clear to current and potential future customers that FanDuel gets it, cares about it, and is putting its significant resources behind it. Because you can't fake that. You really can't. And frankly, this is one of the reasons I'm a big believer in legalized gambling. The truth is, prior to legalized gambling, plenty of this happened, and none of the people offering those bets gave no. No. We do. And I think you're right, Craig. I think we got to go walk the walk. This is a great talk. We yeah, got to go gotta walk go the walk. It. Yeah, we got to go do it. But it's something that we are investing in. We are hiring a lot of people. We're putting a lot of money behind. Like we are, it, we firmly believe we got 3,000 people that work at FanDuel. They want to be really proud of what we're doing in the world. This is a component of building a really great company. It's something we believe in. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I've been, listen, I've been involved in gambling since I'm 10 years old. Uh, and knew the original Draft Street company. You want to go back, you know, 15 years before there was a DraftKings and a FanDuel and a MGM and a win and doing all this stuff. But you guys very quickly, I think, established yourselves, not just because of your size, 
but leaders in the industry in a lot of ways, the type of games you offer, the the marketing, and ultimately this, which should be the thing you'll be most proud of. Like, it's great to build a successful company. People have to pay their mortgages, and you have 3,000 employees, and I, I, it's hard enough having two employees because they're both the pain in my ass. You guys have 3,000 employees, uh, and it's you're proud of that. Yeah. But taking this to the next step from an area of doing right by your community, I think will be the best thing you ever do. And I don't think I don't think it's debatable. I don't know what else will come forward that would I'd compare it to. But I think there's going to be ultimately we're going to tell a story five years from now where we're going to be able to fill a room of people who want to say thank you. I think that's right. And again, I'll go back to what I said before for people who are like, yeah, oh, this seems weird that a sports book is taking this on, like. We are at the very earliest stages of legal sports betting and legal online wagering in the States. Like, as the leader commercially, as the biggest sports book in America, we want to build the start of that industry the right way. This is what that means. Five years from now, 10 years from now, that's what I want to look back on. Yeah. I, want, I want to look back on the industry kind of evolving in the right way, similar to alcohol, where it took its responsibility, its civic and community responsibility as a corporate citizen seriously. Yeah, someone that we were in a meeting uh, earlier this week, and someone in the meeting on your team, uh, Chris was his name, made a good point. You know, if you go back 15, let's say 20 years, and you try to put out a commercial that a friend should not let a friend drive drunk, that wasn't cool, and that friend might get punched in the face for stealing your keys. Well, it's similar. We're at the, the, the tip of the iceberg now. I'm not giving you my phone, but five years from now... If you taking my phone protects me from myself, the hope is that that becomes the cool and right thing to do, especially because, you know, I have teenage kids. You know, my my 19-year-old son, I imagine, has wagered. I'm not going to put my head in the sand and assume he hasn't. And I know his friend group does. Whether they're doing it, you know, with whom, I don't know, because they are underage right now. But I know between fantasy and just access to being able to gamble, they're doing it. So those are the kids we got to hit now. We want those kids to know that when they start making their own money and they're making their own financial decisions, that it's okay to wager responsibly, recreationally, and it's good, it's fun, it's cool, it's, it brings people together, but there is a line to cross that you have to be aware of. And the thing that I'm real sensitive about is I knew what that line was, and I crossed it anyway. Yeah. And those are the people that I worry the most about, that they're smart, they're successful, they've got families, et cetera, but they crossed the line anyway. So the more we can kind of not beat it into their heads, but beat it into their heads without it feeling like it's being beaten into their heads is important. Yes, and, right? I think as we, and that's even today, like the way we treat a under 25 better is different than the way we treat or look at the behaviors of somebody who's a little bit older. Because right. I think we recognize, look, we're both guys. I made a lot of dumb decisions when I was 21 <laughs> years old. I did when I was 51. Uh, <laughs> And so understanding, again, is when people are of legal age, 21, and they want to use our products, recognizing how we introduce them in the right way, are cognizant of that unique time where people are kind of experiencing with betting for the first time. And the communications, the way we put our, these processes together, it's, it's all can, part of what we want to do. Can you guys control how often a customer makes a deposit, how large the deposit is, how frequently they make deposits? Is that all essentially under your control it is and we have tools that again you can proactively can self, myself, you can but, do it yourself we also can you can we can uh and we have and we do for certain really large deposits we will look for certain confirmations things like that there are triggers in our system where if things get again particularly uh radically different 
than what you've exhibited in the past, those are flags and those are things we'll reach out and actually have a conversation before we process the Do you think we'll ever hit a point where all 50 states allow it or do you think there's a couple states that are just outliers that'll never allow it? I think Utah is going to be tough sledding uh, <laughs> okay. to, 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 legalize, to legalize sports betting. I, you know, no, I don't think it'll be all 50 states, but it'll be the overwhelming majority of the population of this country. And just out of curiosity, where are we with New York as of right now? I know that they've said yes to pending or future Yes. Mobile wagering. I know there's. Uh, they put out like an RFP for companies like yourselves to apply to get one of the. Was it four or six licenses, whatever it is. Correct. Where are we at with that? Beyond that. Yeah. No. So uh, you're exactly right. Uh, New York has passed a law that legalizes online gambling. The kind of regulatory body is looking through essentially proposals. So FanDuel sent in a proposal that says we should have one of those licenses. We did it in a consortium, actually, with other major operators, so uh, DraftKings uh, and some others. Um, to sort of bring the most competitive great products to the New York market. That process uh, is due to have a decision made by the end of the year. And uh, I uh, I have learned not to prognosticate on timing uh, and, wor- and, and, working, and working with uh, state <laughs> regulating and bodies, but we've been really appreciative of the partnership and the process with New York State so far. I suspect early in 22, you'll see online gambling come online. In early 22. I think so. Have there been any hiccups in any particular states when you guys go live where – you know, something that might have been unforeseen or issues that came up that were not expected? I think each state's texture is a little bit different. Um, you know, there are different regulatory requirements. Some don't want you to bet, don't want to take college bets on in-state schools. So New okay. Jersey is an example. That's the old Vegas rule for Kind of like that. Right? In New Jersey, you can't bet on Rutgers. There's some other states that have that. Others don't. And so it's getting that technology right. It's getting that user experience right. Obviously, the sports texture of each state is different. We just launched in Arizona. Doing a lot of odds boots in the Cardinals, as you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, those things are, each state is a little bit of a, a universe unto itself. But I think at this point, um, you know, we've launched 11 uh, online states. We're operating retail in 14. I think we're getting pretty good at this. Sure. Um, and what so is it done. like, you know, the NFL spent tens of millions of dollars for years uh, on Washington, D.C. lobbyists against the concept of this. And now you partner with the NFL. We are the official sports betting yeah. partner of the NFL. Is, like, does, is that the elephant in the room? Does anyone ever say anything about that? Or is it just like we forgot that the NFL hated the concept of this, and now it's a very large check, I imagine, and now they're really in bed with it um, from a revenue standpoint? Look, I think it is undeniable when you look at the amount of sports consumption sports bettors have they watch more games they watch more content about it i think all the leagues the nfl included sort of have recognized that that can be beneficial i also respect that they don't want to turn off people there are a lot of fans that watch the nfl that don't like sports betting or don't care about sports betting and they don't want to be inundated with it and so how do we put the right frequency capping not just crush it with advertising how do we introduce it in the right way contextualize it so it becomes fun for everybody. Like, in some ways, sports betting is just, what's the public think is going to happen? Right. That's interesting, whether you're a sports better or not, right? Sure. Um, sure. So conversations like that, I will say, you know, I'm thrilled. The NFL has decided to take us on as an official sports betting partner. They've been great this season. For those who uh, have seen some of our advertising, whether it's national or in the local market here in New York, um, using sort of their official IP, using game footage, using team partnerships that we have across the league, it's been Rewarding, and I think just makes us feel more authentic, makes us feel sure. more like a part of sports. Well, listen, I'm proud to be a partner with you guys. I think we're collectively going to do some really amazing work uh, for the community and for people that need help. Uh, I think uh, the public, you guys will start seeing that in the weeks and months ahead. 
whether it's a don't chase campaign that we are contemplating or just, you know, being responsible about how you wager and the amounts you wager and the frequency with you wager. Um, I buy into the message. I think FanDuel is sincere about it. And we met. And I can tell you that when, in a meeting I had at FanDuel's offices, I think I met 40 people assigned to responsible gambling, give or take a couple. So it's real. It's tangible. And they mean it. And if they didn't, I wouldn't be doing it, and we wouldn't be sitting here. And uh, it, you know, we'll see how it goes, obviously. But the hope is that a couple years from now, you and I are standing in front of an audience of people that we helped, because that's my ultimate goal. You know that it's, uh, and I keep using the word tangible, but that there comes a point in time when you look backwards and say, we really did the right thing and helped so many people, and those people acknowledge it. So that's where we're at. But today's day one of it. And hopefully you'll appreciate uh, the messaging that comes in the weeks and months to come. Mike, it's good seeing you, and I appreciate you coming on. Craig, awesome to see you. Thanks for having me, man. Hello, my name is Craig. Evan Roberts is coming up at 10 o'clock, and then he and I are back together again Monday at 2 right here on The Fan. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.